1: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am your host, Raza Anae. Welcome to another episode of the show. I am super excited about this week's episode in that I will be interviewing my sister. And (laughs) y'all, y'all, y'all know we recorded this podcast before it got messed up, child. We're not even going to go there. But I am not going to give a super long intro. I just want to tell you a little bit about my sis, Felicia. We met at the Fire Your Voice Academy retreat in D.C. back in November 2019, and we have just become so close in a short span of time. And I am super excited about her message that she's going to share today. She is super authentic, super transparent, super, super, super about the Lord and His heart. And so I just am really excited about the topic we're going to talk about because I really think it's going to break just a lot of perspectives as it relates to relationships with God. And so, Felicia, say. Hey. "Hey." Yes. Hey. (laughs) We're recording via Zoom, so we get to see each other while we're recording. So it's also like we're trying not to laugh so much. (laughs) (laughs) Eels. Okay, so Felicia, um, we don't have to go on a super long spiel about us, but definitely tell the people who you are and your heart, sis.
0: Oh, so my name is Felicia. Um, I am a daughter, right? Like my daddy is the creator of all creations. Um, I began to know him as dad in my walk um, with him. And it was a very... Intimate time. It was a very um, trying time and it was a very um, sacred time. It was a very sacred time. Um, And so I am Felicia. I do not have children. I am a daughter. Um, I am a sister. I am a friend. I hope I'm a friend. I you hope a good, I'm a friend, girl. a good friend. <laughs> I hope I'm a friend. Um, my heart is definitely for the people. My heart is for seeing people free. And my heart is for relationship with all people. Um, I don't discriminate. I don't care if you tall, dark, skinny, yellow, fat, black, brown, blue, green, purple, whatever, um, man, female, whatever that even looks like. Um, I love relationship and I love seeing God's people free. And in all honesty, I love to hold hands with people and walk out um, relationship with them and helping them or hoping to help them or inspire them to grow deeper in relationship with our father. So
1: that's me. Yes. And (laughs) she does a very good job of that. So a couple of things I'm going to say real quick before we hop into the questions. So Felicia, what she did not mention, she's also a podcaster (laughs) of this amazing (laughs) podcast called For His Glory Speaks. And it's so authentic. Like, okay, so Felicia is, like, straight up, <laughs> ten toes down. I want to say hood, because... Eels? 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 Listen, she is. Hood! <laughs> she is. <laughs> but I, when I say that, I don't mean to say, like, ratchet, but in the sense that mm-hmm. I think we all have a little bit of rashness, but just, like, the loyalty that people... Mm-hmm. Um, just she just portrays that she gives that off and so when she says she definitely walks out relationship with people that loyalty in that relationship definitely definitely shows and it just oozes from like her relationship with god because her perspective her love for god her ability to listen like all of those things are just who she is so i hope that y'all get to experience that a little bit in this podcast but I want her to share her testimony with you all and just kind of how this started um, for her because she talks about God. When, okay, so when I first met her, she <laughs> talked, she uh, she associated God as daddy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was the first time I ever heard that <laughs> be described. Like, y'all know, I, y'all heard me call God bruh Maine and mane and all of that but I ain't never called him daddy like Mm -hmm. daddy okay Mm -hmm. and so so one I want you to talk about that but two I want you to give a little bit of background on just your relationship with God and just kind of how that has grown over the last couple of years as you've kind of basically exited out of religionship and you can kind of talk about that too for
0: sure for sure so I grew up in church. Um, my grandfather, um, I was raised by my grandparents long story short. Um, my mom died when I was nine My dad at the age of 15. I didn't know my dad my earthly dad Um at the age of 15. He looked me in my face and told me I wasn't his So I know all about abandonment. I know about being an orphan. I know about rejection I know about it all right. Um, and so I was raised by my grandparents. Um I am truly a grandness baby even when my mom was alive Definitely a grandness baby, but when it came to a relationship with my grandfather, we just had a lot of friction. Um, and I couldn't understand why. And I knew that even as a child, it was something different about this relationship with this man versus this relationship with this woman. And so um, I really wanted to understand that, but I didn't know how to pursue that. And so because of that, I just did the work in regards to making sure the house was clean, you know, making sure I'm clean, like uh, making sure that I can stay less visible as possible because I felt like I was always quote unquote, like in the way, like literally when we would walk down the hallway in our house and let's just say I'm coming out of my room, going towards their room and he's coming out of his room, coming towards my room. I would literally stop in my tracks and go around so that we would not pass each other in the hallway. And so for me, relationship with men started very obscured, very, very early on. Um, now, mind you, this is as a child. So again, at the age of 15, when my dad looks at me, my earthly dad looks at me and he's like <laughs> pumping his hand in his fist, like, fam, I got papers to prove you ain't mine. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, what do I do with this? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do we get here? And so going to church, knowing about God, knowing about Jesus learning about Holy Spirit to the best of their ability and things of that nature. Like, how is all this going to mesh well? How's all this going to work together for my good, as the Bible says. And so, um, I rebelled, I did my own thing. I began to live life. I did me, if you will, like she was out there doing her thug thistle. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) and so there was just this point in my life where, um, honestly rising, like, I was like, I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm and I'm tired of going in the same old hamster wheel, being on that same hamster wheel, just going around the same mountain. Like, to be more to life than just existing through life yeah, or kind coasting. Of,
1: kind of like what you like a, like you searching for something, but you can't find it, kind and of.
0: you don't even know what you're searching for. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you know, you're looking for something, but what am I looking for? It's one thing to say, oh, I put on my left shoe and I'm looking for my right shoe. But what when, what happens when I have both shoes on and I'm fully dressed and I still feel like there's something missing? You know what I'm saying? And so um, that just began my conquest of um, I didn't realize that it was uh, seek the Lord and, and you'll find Him, But like I was just like, listen, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, like something got to give. And so there was this one time in regards to how relationship came. I was in my car and, um, I was jamming girl. She had uh, some tens. <laughs> so we was jamming. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I had, um, I had my radio up loud and in that part of my life, like, I was in religion heavily. Like everything I did was performance based. Everything I did was honestly was prideful. Everything I did was based on um, I want you to see me um, versus I want you to really know me. You know what I'm saying? I want you um, to really meet me where I am. And so because of that struggle, um, if I was sin like y'all, if I had sex, I was like, I ain't having sex no more. And I'm gonna be on this straight and narrow. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't gonna lie no more. I ain't gonna cheat no more. Like it was all of these other things. And it was me trying to do it in my own work or in my own, um, um, in my own strength. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so when I got tired of even that, you know what I'm saying? Like it just became this point of okay, where, where do we go? And so I was driving in my car, came to a red light and I'll never forget it. Clear as day was nobody in this car, but me flesh in the flesh, just me in the spirit. It was me, my daddy, his son and his spirit. You hear me? And what Holy Spirit said to me was I'm bringing people, I'm bringing my, I'm calling my people out of relationship into relationship. I was like, okay. What does that mean? Rosalind, (laughs) y'all, he didn't ask, he didn't answer my question. We literally began to walk on a journey. And the more questions I ask, that's when I realized for Felicia in my relationship with my daddy that he doesn't mind me asking him questions. As long as my heart posture is to ask questions for the knowledge and not to ask questions in regards to um, questioning his authority. Because there are some times when we ask questions and he just he just blatantly does not ask questions. Number one, for me, it's because I'm asking the wrong question, right? Number two, is my heart posture right? And then number three, it's not for me to answer right now or you're not ready for that answer right now. And so um, as we began to walk out relationship and walk into relationship, that's when I realized that, man, I've had this completely wrong for the entire quote unquote relationship that I've been in prior to where I am now. And so religionship is literally a word that Holy Spirit gave me. I'm smart, y'all, but I ain't that smart.
1: <laughs> Girl, and I think to give my own perspective of relationship, I don't think I really realized how much I was in religion. So I went to counseling and what happened was to give language to that was God allowed me to dismantle who I thought he was before my eyes. And what I realized was that so much of who I thought God was was trapped under other people's perspective um, shame, so like growing up, like people saying, you should you shouldn't do this, you should or shouldn't do that, and if you do this, then God, you know this, and um, it was tied under a lot of pain of rejection from my own earthly father, and you know, seeing my parents kinda in their relationship growing up, so my perspective of him was so unhealthy that, like you said, if I sinned, I went on this, my resolve was. Okay, in order to get back right, I got to do, got to not do all these things in order to be back in a good place with God. But that just wasn't. It was no freedom there. There was no authenticity. There was no God. I'm coming to you is like completely naked and under shame. Like there was none of that, and I think that was hard for me, and I think that's hard for many people when it comes to like understanding relationship with God which which I know you could talk about, but just there's a a real authentic exposure. You see, and what's interesting is God allows you to see it, but he, la- he lets you see all of it, like all your flaws to show you that he's the only one that can fix any of it. And so going into like... How that process was for you. What was the journey like to then see yourself before the father and then get comfortable with being um being just exposed before him?
0: So I think for me practically um because again, I grew up in church and so um I grew up knowing Bible stories. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say I was just like this guru of scripture um but i grew up knowing certain bible stories right and so there's this one particular um scripture that was just like hitting me so hard i'm talking so hard and i was like okay let's understand this. like let's go deeper i don't i don't even know what deep looks like you know what i'm saying but it has to be more exposure to this and the story was um the story about the prodigal son and so the bible says that he left, he asked to leave his father's house. Number one, he went and said, give me my inheritance. That boy didn't ask. (laughs) He demanded it. You know what I'm saying? And so in that, he had already had a preconceived notion of, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to be this person. I'm going to take this, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do with it. And so, because he took what he thought was his, even though it was his, but the timing wasn't right, because back in those days, of course, like you don't get your inheritance until your um, your your father or your mother or whomever passes. And so, basically, this man, is, this boy is telling his daddy, I wish he was dead, because mm-hmm. I want what, you know what I'm saying, I can't get right now, because you're still alive so because you're still here just give it to me you know what I'm saying and so um looking at it from that perspective and then as things began to go forward the bible says that he was in the hog pen and he was eating slop you know what I'm saying like he was eating slop and that's when everything began to like really come to um come to terms for me and just really uh, come to um take shape excuse me it began to really take shape because the bible says that he came to himself let me say that again. The Bible says that he, the prodigal son, came to himself. So that lets me know that in order for this to work, I have to come to myself. A lot of people say it starts with God.
1: Girl, that's a whole word. I can't. Come on. I can't it process is. that right now. <laughs> it is right
0: because everybody, every every person will say really what, it. Really,
1: what and really what this really what they're saying is, that I got to make a decision to go to go back.
0: Come on here. Come on here, because that's what he had to do. But he only had that, the, the the notion of what that decision could possibly look like when he was at his lowest, because it wasn't when he was out here and everything was going right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't when he was out here and he was, um you know, living it up and doing whatever that was. You know what I'm saying? But it was at that point of the lowest of lows that like I'm looking at the place where I quote unquote work and I'm working just for work's sake. Come on, Holy Spirit, I'm working just for work's sake, but I'm not receiving what I need. I'm not getting the money that I need in order to go and eat correctly. I'm not getting the money that I need in order to not be under the same shelter as these hog pigs or these hogs. I'm not getting the right money, you know what I'm saying, to get what I need in order to not necessarily have to drink out of the same water that these hogs are drinking from. So I'm working for the sake of works. And the works that I'm doing ain't getting me nowhere. It's literally keeping me in the space where I am to say that I'm in this space. Why do I have to be here? So the Bible says that when he came to himself, he said, hold on. Even the servants at my father's house eat better than this. And they servants. So I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to repent. You understand me? And I'm going to just ask him to be a servant. At this point, you ain't even got to recognize me as your child, as your son. Like, just, I just want to be a servant because you treat your servants better than these people out here are treating me. And so for Felicia, I had to come to myself. God, no matter how much my father, no matter how much my daddy, Rosalind, would try to force feed me the food that he was trying to give me. I was good eating the slop. Until I wasn't, until I came to myself and realized I don't have to eat this. I don't have to eat this. And so what does that now look like, daddy? Help me to now understand that now I'm in this space and I've come to myself. Now what that looks like now, practically, that looks like taking everything back to my daddy. Okay, I've, I've been, I've done adultery father. I've been um, in, in lesbian um, relationships, daddy. I've, I've been mad at you. I've been so angry at you. You know, I'm rejected. I've been an orphan, I, I feel ostracized. I feel like people don't understand me. I feel like you gave me this heart and I don't even want this heart because I'm sick of this heart because this heart gets me in trouble. Like everything that I did not want to recognize or realize or receive that God had given me in re- in regards to my heart posture, in regards to humility, like I, I had to take all of that before him. Do you hear me? All of it. When I didn't want to talk to him, when I didn't have words to say, I had to take that back to my daddy. That's the vulnerability. But it started with me,
1: and I think I think that's the part that's important. I think, and that's what I I, I preached it so I'm blue in the faces. That's the part that matters, and that's the ticket in my. This ticket is the key. It's the starting place of freedom and no longer being in bondage. Is taking all the, because all those lists you gave, those were things you had to give to God. But also too, it was a point of realizing like, these are the things that have caused me to want to be separated from you. These are the things that have caused me to not authentically let you see me. And I think that's the part where it's like, we want to create this perfect situation or perfect scenario to go to God or perfect or, and I was talking about this uh, on my last podcast, like we compare our relationship with God to other people's relationship. We see them on fire. We see them doing stuff and we see what they're doing. We see how they're moving and jiving. And we almost compare ourselves and say, because I'm not like that, I don't have a relationship with God. And that's just be, that's just one is not true there's like a lie and trick of the enemy to keep you in comparison to keep you trapped in all of those things and paint a picture in your mind of who God is like of rejection that he's gonna reject you because you're not like this but we have to get to a place genuinely where we're authentic and ugly and 100% vulnerable before the father and I think that's what God wants. And so when I hear you say, Holy Spirit saying, I'm taking my people out of relationship, it's the process of dismantling who we think God is or who the Pharisees were and how they were prideful and walked around thinking they had it all together, but they really didn't have Jack and they had the son of man standing before them and they couldn't even recognize him. Like it's, I'm walking you out of the place of who you think I am and showing you who I really am. And that becomes... That's the journey that is honestly lifetime. Like, Absolutely. I don't think we ever get, I, I truly in my mind and you know, I don't know cause I'm real young sis. Mm-hmm. I truly don't think, <laughs> I truly don't think that we ever get past. Let me not say that. I don't think we get, we, we just have moments where we're like, we realize, oh, I'm operating in religion and I got to go back to the father. Just constantly mm-hmm. reminded of, I'm flesh. I'm broken. I need my father. He is the one Mm -hmm. and being okay with doing that. There's never I've arrived moment. There are seasons even now for me where I'm like, even now I'm like, God, I'm tired. I don't feel it, Lord. I don't feel it. But then it's like this comfort of, but I still love you and you're my daughter. And I don't question him in that because it's like, I recognize that there are just different moments for different things, but just not feeling shameful of just being in a place. You know what I'm saying? Being on a journey. It's so
0: good. Um, And you dropped so many nuggets. And as you were talking, um, one of the things that I was reminded of and the vision that I got was um, Jesus been in the the garden of Gethsemane before he was about to be betrayed, but before men, Right. The Bible talked about Jesus going to pray so many other times prior to this prayer, right? But in this particular time, in this particular season, in this particular stage, at this particular precipice of his life, the Bible says he prayed so hard that he was sweating blood. So, does that not mean that he wasn't praying just as hard back in the other seasons where he wasn't sweating blood? No. It's literally the fact that where he was in relationship with the Father, that was the moment that he was in. Those were the prayers that needed to be prayed, and he did what he was supposed to do. Now we've transitioned into what this is now about to look like. So I have to pray a little bit harder. And because I know what I'm about to face, there are things that's now going to protrude from me, right? It's, it's some things that's going to come up off of me. You're going to visually be able to see that I am in anguish. The Bible says that he was in he was in anguish.
1: And so because and of this- actually not to interrupt you. That's a no. real condition. And what happens is you're in so much, I don't know what it's called, I got to look it up, but it's, you're in so much agony- Mm-hmm. And mental stress and pain. Cause we have to remember that Jesus was whole man. He oh. was all man. He was His all deity fresh. wasn't there. Yeah. And literally it's a physical um reaction to agony and pain, so much so that your blood vessels pop and you begin to sweat blood instead yeah. of sweat. And mm-hmm. it's literally it's literally from is literally from stress and agony. So mm-hmm. the the fact that he was processing the fact that I have to now be betrayed hmm. for the people to die on a cross, knowing I'm very innocent, completely innocent, and having to process that and become okay with it, but then pray and say, God, please take this from me. But if I can't, if you can't take it from me, let your will be done. Like in your mind having to make that decision. Yeah. And so yeah, I think it's like you said, it's a journey. It's a transition. It's it's all these things. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, you know, what was it like for you to have to be open with God? I know that's a very loaded question. <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> pop, 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 pop. But um, <laughs> so
0: I think for me... Um,
1: and I'll say this real quick. Like for um, me, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Like I legit was like... Let me say this. I, I don't think I had choice. Let me say, I did have choice. But I think for me, was I had no idea that my therapy journey was going to become God dismantling. So when I'm beginning to process things and talk about things that are super ugly, and I begin to have these moments of understanding like, oh, you really are for me, or, oh, I really am yours. And I begin, I'm comforted, but I'm also like, real scared at the same time of like sharing these ugly, like I remember there was a session where my therapist and I were talking about me and my mom and our relationship and just kind of how it was really unhealthy in the sense we were just so entangled emotionally because of all the stuff that happened when I was growing up. And I remember I felt so guilty about sharing it, but also I realized I had such an epiphany of, what God did during that time and how he kept me close to him. And I just was like, I was comforted, but I also was like scared because I'm like, I'm having to address something that's so ugly, but well, yeah, I feel so free. Why, like, what 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 is this? What is this euphoria, Lord? Like, it help me understand. So when I say I don't have choice, it was almost like I began to see the real comfort and love of God that I wanted more of it. So it was like I began to chase the pain or chase the ugly stuff or chase what more is there of me that needs to be exposed Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as uncomfortable as it is expose me to me Lord so that I can be able to lay this down to you and so like for you how did you get comfortable even in listing all those things you listed how did you become comfortable with being open with the father so it's interesting
0: because I think that Number one, no matter what sin you're in, you're never 100% comfortable. You know what I mean? Like there's something in you that's like, there's something, there's just that little something that, you know, won't allow you to get super comfortable. And by saying there's something, before I had language, I thought it was a something. Now I know it's a someone. You know what I'm saying? And so practically um regarding um same-sex relationships like who wants to talk about that you know what i'm saying why because number one the church will say that's the sin of all sins you know what i'm saying like but the bible talks about you know adultery the bible talks about drunkenness the bible talks about fornication the bible talks about lewdness come on pride come on lying you know so but when you talk about same-sex relationships that is the very thing that churches will you know um push you away you know what i'm saying they say you're not wanted or they'll reject you in regards to that why because either a they've dealt with it themselves and they haven't come to the conclusion or the agreement or the the knowledge of knowing that god will use even that to help other people B, you
1: know, know Felicia, what I'm saying? please so they, don't make me please don't make me throw this computer
0: come on, Roster come on
1: Roses. here. Okay.
0: Come on here. Okay. Cause we're going to talk about it. Um, or B that, you know, they truly don't understand. They, they have turned a blind eye, if you will. And because that's not their particular sin, they don't want to even help with, um, have, ha- have helping somebody to come out of that sin. Right. But you could be the pastor and you struggle with pornography or you struggle with, um, beating your wife or you struggle with taking money out the church. You know what I'm saying? Like there are all these other different avenues. And so for me, um, I literally was like, your word says, David says, if I go to the mountains, you are there. If I go to the Valley, you are there. If I go to hell and make my bed, you even there. So there is nothing that I can do that you don't already know. So because you already know it, now help me to expose it to you, which you already know. So by doing that, empower me to open my mouth to say or to write it out to say, hey, this is what I do. I don't like it but this is what I do. I don't know why I do it. But this is what I do. I don't know why this is um, attractive to me, but this is what I like. I don't know why I choose to go left when you tell me to go right, but I'm always going left instead of right. I don't know why I slow down when you tell me to press the gas. I don't know why I stop when you tell me to go. I don't know why I retract back when you are calling me forward. I don't know why that all these things keep coming in my head when I pray. Every time I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about sex. Every time I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about him every time i'm thinking about you i'm thinking about her i don't know why all these things are in my my sphere of influence but i know that you know so because you know help me to know so that we can no longer do this and if this happens to be the thorn in my side teach me for real that your word says that your grace is sufficient for me even with this so what does that look like so as you begin as i began That's
1: as I but, but, but I want to ask you too. How do you think? How how did God react to you? Like I know that's what you're gonna say, but like, how did God react to you being authentic with Him about that? He loved me.
0: He loved me in a way that I was ready for Him to like. Listen, let me let me just be super real. I am so hood. I am. I'm hood, y'all. But like, <laughs> I didn't listen. But I didn't get those hood whoopings. I never got a whipping with ascension card. You know what I'm saying? An extension card. Nah, girl, she never did. Like, I just, mm-mm. like I was, I, I grew up in the hood, but there were just certain things. I'm green. Like I'm super green to be a hood chick, if that makes sense. And so I'm okay with that. Like, I'm cool with that. So there was like this, this moments where I'm thinking like legit, God finna just straight up, just backhand me like, bye you You know what I'm saying? Like he finna just pop me all in my mouth because of the 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 words that I'm saying, right? The language that I'm using, because again, it wasn't church vernacular. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't church dialect. Like I'm literally saying daddy um, or father, cause I think I was saying father and God at that time. Like father help me to understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like this. I don't understand why you created me to be this person. Like I, I can't stand the fact that you gave me this type of heart, but people are just, um, 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 just dropping it, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Like black in my heart. Like there were just so many things that I was sick of and I was sick of them tormenting my mental to the point where I had to get them out. And because I come from a family who does not quote unquote communicate, communication was not what I was going to be able to do with the people around me. So where do I find solace? Where do I find comfort? Where do I find healing? You know what I'm saying? We sure wasn't talking about therapy, Rosalind. Like straight we therapy? Who? Green To go off in there and pray and eat, you know what I'm saying? Like it was never a real thing, if you will. And so, one of the things that my daddy gave me was writing. So, Rosalind, I would write everything to him. Everything, if it it was a question, Rosalind, I would write it. If it was, um, if it was the way I felt, Rosalind, I would write it. If it was, um, I'm just grateful, I would write it. If it was just Jesus on the paper, literally J E -S S U S. I will write it because it was literally where I was at that particular time. And I needed him to show me he was God. I needed him to show up, not for signs and wonders, but for true relationship with Felicia, because I was sick of religion. I was sick of religion. Religion wasn't getting me anywhere. Religion had me on a hamster wheel. I was sick of it. I had to have relationship and I needed him to dismantle all the relationships prior to him. You know what I'm saying? So that when we were in this relationship, you can't tell me, they can't tell me, he can't tell me, she can't tell me that I don't walk with my daddy, that my daddy don't know me. You can't tell me that because he do know me. And not only do I know him, but he knows me. And it's a great thing to know that I know that I know that my daddy know me. When I, when I open my mouth, he's not saying, oh, that's Rosalind. He's like, that's my baby, Felicia. You understand me? Like, when I pray, he's not like, oh... I think that was Chanel. Like, nah, fam. <laughs> That's my baby, Felicia. Like, he's not looking for me. Come on, Holy Spirit. He's not looking for me to sound like, be like, act like, think like, talk like, speak like anybody else except for who he already knew I was going to be. Listen.
1: <laughs> Listen. And I think you said so many things. And I, and I definitely want to, like give language to even tying in a mental health perspective. I think we become, we search so long for our identity. We search so long for this finding of who we are. We search so long for this understanding of the trauma we've experienced. Like you laid out rejection. You laid out sins that the church was just literally blackball you laid out all these things. And at the end of the day, and all those factors, we're impacted by those, we're impacted Mm -hmm. by that. And and we don't realize that God wants space in those areas Mm -hmm. to bring about comfort, love. Like you said, God loved me through that. And I think that we don't realize that that's what we're looking for. Like we're looking for love. We're looking for acceptance. We're Mm -hmm. looking for a space to be ourselves. We're looking for not trying to have all these titles and expectations, especially knowing that majority of my audience is African-American women. We're not looking, he's not looking to be the one that you know, just is kind of put on the shelf when you decide to pick him up. Like, no, he wants to take residence in all of those areas. But it's but I think because we think we have to be a certain way when we come to him, like Felicia, you know, I'm sitting here with you with a with a nice little silk press, sis. Okay. You got you. this smartphone, sis. And <laughs> we can't say that because I got a silk press, you know, and you got this scarf on, i.e., mm-hmm. that God don't love us equally. Come on. And I think yeah. because because the world has painted this comparison and has put God in a place where it's like it doesn't become personal. It doesn't mm-hmm. become valuable. It doesn't become. That's good. It doesn't become. It becomes about what you have to do. We don't get to really just be and experience mm-hmm. and experience what it looks like to be one stripped because stripping isn't fun, baby. Right. <laughs> stripping isn't fun, Mm-mm. it's necessary, but it's not fun. But I don't stop with like I, I I I I really declare a decree over you like don't stop at it's not fun because you don't realize. The other side of that. Mm-hmm. Like Felicia, I think that was like a two-year process you were telling me. Was that like two years? Oh
0: girl, that was um it happened, it started in no, it's been, man, it's been like four. It's been All four. Right. So it started in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. 2016. And
1: so four years of having to just and, and, and to think like sis, four years. Out of so many years of thinking we know who God is. Come on here. And then and then having like a like a true Saul turn to Paul Damascus moment where he turns us back to him fully is like it's just it it, it to me it makes me think of I truly thought I knew you and I ain't really no Jack. I ain't no Jack. I ain't no Jack. And so I think how would you what would you say if you were describing the difference of relationship and relationship in a way that would make somebody wanna come? What would you kind of tell them? I would say
0: that number one, it's so worth it. You understand? Like it's so, so worth it. It's so worth the frustration, it's so worth the um the trial, it's so worth the ill journey. You know what I'm saying? I think that for me, because I never knew what that looked like, because I never experienced that around me, that I thought I was literally going down a hill, not realizing that what I was exchanging was literally taking me up the hill. So if you can, my favorite meme is where this little girl, it's this little cartoon—it's this little girl who has this teddy bear and she's holding on to this teddy bear and Jesus is in front of her and she's like, but, and she's just squeezing it and she's crying because she's like, but I love it. But she does not see that Jesus has this big old bear behind him that is so much bigger than what you're offering him. Right. So the exchange, if we're being honest, it's not fair by far, but it's so good and it's so um it's so beautiful to our father's sight because he wants our little bit to give us the more so when i'm thinking of relationship, you know what i'm saying like i'm giving you this little bit and you're going to give me relationship and here i am thinking i'm good but realizing that i was so far from you i thought i knew you and that's the definition that the holy spirit gave me in regards to relationship. it is um Knowing God from afar, but never entering into his presence. So when you think of that, literally, like you said about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they literally was in the presence of our Savior and did not experience what he could have done for them. But they knew God. From afar, they could tell you the laws. They could tell you what not to do on the Sabbath. They could tell you it's not lawful for you to do this. It's not lawful for that. It's not. They could tell you all the rules, but they could not identify relationship when relationship come on Holy Spirit was walking the earth for them. When relationship walked the earth for me. When relationship walked the earth for Risa. When relationship walked the earth for you. They could not explain what relationship looked like, but they could tell you the rules. But they couldn't tell you the relationship. So what I would say is that it's worth it. It's worth all the dismantling. It's worth all the uncomfort. It's worth you relearning or learning what this is gonna look like. Like he is so,
1: so worth it. So worth it. And so I want to tag on one more thing before we close. And I think this was hard for me because I didn't realize oh, a couple things. One, How much, when the dismantling occurred, God allowing, God loving me through the process, but also correcting me. And baby, (laughs) now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, fully okay with being corrected. And I think I want to address the difference between conviction and condemnation, because you give it in a very good way to explain it. Because... I did not realize that I was struggling with knowing when God was correcting me. Because even now, the way that he corrects me is so loving. Like, I just can't even describe it. It's so like, I'm getting a whooping, but baby, he does it so loving that it's like, I want to do better. So like, he'll expose something in my heart that's like, this is what you're doing. And he'll tell me like why you're doing it or like this is where it started or this was the root of the issue or this was the trigger or whatever like that. And I look at him and I'm like, God, how did I even get this far away? Like what, 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 was, what was going on? Like what, what happened? And then when he brings like the understanding to me and then shows me scripture, I'm like, Father, I didn't know. And so, but before... If God tried to bring correction, I would immediately run away. I would just be like, You don't love me. You're only doing this to hurt me. You're only like making me feel bad. You don't care about me. And I would run away. Instead of understanding like a parental relationship, they correct you out of them having the wisdom and understanding. Which so, and so I think the very big thing and, and why I talk about shame so much, and shame to me ties like a lot of the condemnation piece. But really, more so, like, how do we know the difference between conviction and condemnation?
0: So, (laughs) you talking about me? But you be dropping so many nuggets, y'all. I hope (laughs) y'all get me. Listen, I hope y'all picking up these nuggets that she is dropping, because, baby girl. But um, (laughs) immediately when you began to uh, to speak in regards to the um, the correction, um, I immediately thought about Adam and Eve. Immediately I thought about Adam and Eve. The Bible says that when at when when Eve gave Adam the fruit, the Bible says that as soon as he took the bite, that's when sin entered the world. We ain't gonna go there. We ain't gonna go there, but that's what the Bible says. Okay. So as we move forward, the Bible says that God literally began to walk again throughout the garden and he called out to Adam, Where are you? Not because God didn't know where he was, not because um I don't even necessarily think it was because God didn't necessarily just recognize him in a sense of recognition, but it was because he wanted Adam to expose what he had done. Come on, Holy spirit revelation. Come on here. He wanted Adam to expose what he had done. And so when Adam, you know, said, here I am. And then God said, you know, what's been going on and things of that nature. And they began to, ha- literally, they had a conversation. The Bible didn't say that he went in and said, hey man, why you got these uh, fig leaves on? No, the Bible says he began to ask this man questions. Again, giving him opportunity to expose himself. That lets me know that God is not in the, in the business of just quickly exposing what we can already tell him. Come on here. He is not wanting to say, well, Felicia, you struggled with, homosexuality and that's all you're going to ever struggle with like Let me you know,
1: pause can i pause you please, not please. even that but he literally did not provide the curse until after he asked him all the questions what if adam and eve told the truth Come what on if here. i ate the fruit they, they did all this blame game stuff and then what? got cursed now, he was true to his word and said, you eat of this fruit, you will be cursed. But just mm-hmm. thinking of that in the sense of so much of my confession now, when since Jesus has came, when I confess my sins, it, the Bible says I'm forgiven. Mm-hmm. What if we just literally, when we are sitting with the Father or we do sin, we confess and said, this sin was good to me, God, and I don't know why. And I'm Absolutely. really sorry, Father, and I repent and I want your forgiveness. Yeah. And then we come back to a point of, but instead we go and stay in condemnation. We stay in the place of beating ourselves up, allowing the enemy to beat us up, allowing that condemnation to be the picture of we think who God, how God looks at us instead of understanding that God's desire is to draw us to him. Absolutely. Why would he use something to keep us so away instead of pushing us to him? Because that's not as hard because that
0: right there literally is the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation will have you in a place of torment where you're in your head and all you can do is think about what you've done, what you've done, how bad you are, how horrible of a person you are, how many times you've done it. The fact that you did it five times on Sunday, like the fact that you did it 12 times on Monday, like all you can do is constantly torment. You're in this constant state of um, being tormented regarding what was happening or what has happened. You don't get a place of an extent. But with conviction, the Lord will show you, hey, this is what you did. You know what I'm saying? This is what you did. This is not who you are, but this is your action. You know what I'm saying? And because this is your action, now I'm going to show you how to get out of it. Now I'm going to show you how to put some boundaries in place. You know what I'm saying? Like now I'm going to show you how to readily identify that before it comes at you. Now I'm going to show you strategy on how to say abort, abort. Like this is not the way for me to go versus being in your head, stuck, stuck, stuck. And all you can do is mope. All you can do is cry. All you can do is, you know, wallow. All you can do is feel the sadness. Like, yeah, you will feel those, the sadness of knowing that you've hurt the father, but he will lovingly correct you and pull you back to him. Condemnation in layman's terms, condemnation pushes you further away from the father. Conviction draws you back closer to him.
1: Amen. That was good. That was real good. So that was all I really wanted to say. I did want to tie one more point of relationships with others as you were going through this process. Because for me... I did not realize who I was with people, but I also didn't realize how much people were to me. Mm -hmm. And God had to strip me of a lot of relationships that were Mm -hmm. not the best. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how did you deal with that? Because I think relationships ties hugely into the way people like begin their process of really building a relationship with God. So how did you kind of deal with that?
0: So one of the things that I do when I'm going through anything like, Um, especially when I'm in that space of, okay, I've never been here before. Like I will, I will self isolate. You understand? Like I will go into my little corner in my own little chair and I'll be like, okay, God, it's me and you let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Like my ears are open. My heart is open. I'm receptive to what you're saying. I'm receptive to what you want to do. I just want to make sure I pass this test the first time. Um, and that's something that I still to this day struggle with. And I still to this day, you know, have to be very, very, very intentional about because that's a default of who I am. Right. Like it's quick for me to, to isolate and to be in my head and things like that. And so for me, um, I was in a space where I didn't really have a lot of people around me anyway. So it wasn't like this big grand finale of, hey, I'm going on this journey with the Lord. I'll see you next year. Like, I really didn't necessarily have to do that. And the people who know me, they um, they know, I think God has given them a glimpse of my heart enough to know that, like, when I am in this space, because at that time I was learning language, I didn't know the language. So in that space, like, they were honest enough to say, hey, I've been missing you, what's up? You know what I'm saying? And that gave opportunity and that gave um, um, freedom to just talk about what I'm going through. But a lot of them saw it. So a lot of the people that were around me, for instance, um, my family, my grandparents, my sisters, my brothers, they saw it and they saw the change. So they saw that I have my Bible more. I'm I'm quoting more scripture. I, I was never a cusser, so I wasn't cursing, but they saw that, you know, I'm not taking as many shots as I probably would have. You know what I'm saying? They they saw that um I don't always want to go to the club. You know what I'm saying? They saw that I even if we went to the club Saturday and we got in at four, come nine thirty, ten o'clock, she up and she getting ready to go to church in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And I'm asking, do y'all wanna come? So they began to see the shift um in me, however they didn't necessarily a lot of people weren't on board with it because at that at that point or that place in my life they they considered me to be like a holy roller they considered me to be um somebody that I necessarily wasn't or that I was still working out the kinks trying to figure out who I really am and what that looks like again a healthy balance um and so a lot of people they dismiss themselves I didn't have to. It was just the mere fact that I was going this way this way, and they were choosing to go another way. Don't knock it. Not tripping. You know what I'm saying? I just knew I had to do it, Rosalind, for me. I had to because, like you said earlier, in a sense, I had a choice, but I didn't have a choice because I knew, even when I was in religion in relationship with my father, that this wasn't it. So now that I'm walking into a relationship with him and now I'm starting to feel free about who I am and what our relationship looks like and I'm starting to feel confident about you made me for this particular purpose or you made me to identify with other people or you made me for your glory like I like this I don't have a mask on with you you know what I'm saying or the mask that I do have on as you begin to expose that joker we taking it off you know what I'm saying so it was like A I didn't really have a big circle B People began to, you know, remove themselves and then C, I just knew that this is what I wanted. This is what I needed. This is what I was missing. And B, not to not to mention that everything that happened, um, it's now trickled down to how I treat people, how I commune with people, how I talk to people, how I relate to people. You know what I'm saying? So everything that I went through in regards to my relationship with my father and the effects that it may have had on other people was absolutely worth it because- Number one, I'm in a relationship with my daddy. But number two, I now now I now I know how to cherish
1: relationship with his creation. So that's good. Y'all be the glory. Drops mic. Drops mic. <laughs> um, well, we're going to wrap up here, sis. This was bomb. So I'm going to attach all of Felicia's information. She has a bomb podcast, a bomb Thank community you. group that's free that you should be a part of. And it's called, what's next? Relationship goals. (laughs) So she like talks about all things relationship with God. um, And you just definitely should be a part of it. So I will link all the information below. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact her. And I love y'all. And we will talk soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms?